Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, February 19th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Greg Ehrenberg. We are brought to you by No House Advantage. And uh, I'm quite happy that that three-game slate is over from last night. Could have gone a little bit better. But shout out to Norman Powell for at least giving me (laughs) mild amounts of hope in the first half of the first game. All I could do. And How you doing today? I mean, I felt a little better about the three games, like mostly because Kelly Olenek came through big for me, which is which is funny too, because it was one of those things that we were talking about before with with minutes and just the wide ranging outcomes of his minutes. It was like the last three games, he's played fourteen minutes, twenty one minutes, and thirty one minutes. I was like, any of those outcomes are are viable, like, and I don't know which it's going to be. And then it was really funny. I just happened to get the good outcomes, so people were like, oh, Kelly Olenek. Like a lot of people who did well last night or played Kelly Olynyk were tweeting at me about it last night. I was like, it could have, it was just as likely to go on the opposite end where it could have been the 14 minute outcome, but I was happy that wasn't it. He played well, uh, got his minutes and then also was uh, by far the top scoring center last night. So that was definitely big for me. And then being a little bit underweight to Son Whiteside, who was uber chalky last night. Uh, so that, that was really, I think the main thing that, that made my night that and that uh, Bielitz was way under owned on FanDuel. Very, very underowned, and Dennis Schroeder still eleven percent owned even <laughs> after the news last night, which means eleven percent of the people are uh, not all that great at DFS. That was fantastic. Couldn't have been happier that Schroeder got scratched. Eleven um, percent of the contest basically just said, "I have no interest in winning money." So, and unfortunately, I wasn't one of those people. I apparently <laughs> just had no interest in winning money uh, for very different reasons. <laughs> Anyway, guys, hit that like button as you get in the door. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. And follow Osimo underscore com on Twitter. We're trying to get to 30,000. We're going to give away uh, 30-something or others. 
Uh, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. I'm getting there. Look, honestly, guys, I've been limiting my coffee today because I know that I'm taking a nap after this show. So I'm not sharp. I know that we're giving away something and I'm going to get there as I keep uh, stalling for time. We're giving away 30 weekly passes when we hit 30,000 subscribers on, uh, on Twitter. So go follow us there. Nine games. Took me a little bit to figure out that Denver wasn't playing Charlotte and that they were playing Cleveland today. But other than that, um, I like a nine-game slate. This is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's much better than the original scheduled 11-game uh, slate. Not that not that we want a bunch of games canceled, dude. You know, power outages and whatnot. But I mean, nine-game slate, anything that once we get to double digits is, is way too many games to me. Dude, the amount of people that just keep bringing up Middleton and Butler make me want to jump off <laughs> of a cliff. Like, I'm changing my opinions on a game. Oh, I just... Everybody that thinks that I should change my mind, please send me head-to-heads on any site you would like because I know that I will be confident in those uh, head-to-heads moving forward. Yeah, one bad game. Uh, it's just uh, you should totally change the way you think about somebody. Ah, but I, did you see it wasn't just one bad game. Jimmy Butler was also good last night, Josh. Was he? Triple-double. Against Ooh, uh, you know who gets a lot of triple doubles? Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. He might oh, be the worst player he? in the league. He's how terrible. Good he? How he good is he? In, the worst player in the league. You know what's funny about the triple double thing, and and then we can start talking about the games. Is so if Russell Westbrook that year, I I don't remember exactly was he averaged like ten point one assists or rebounds or whatever. There was one of the numbers he was really close. Would he have been way less valuable in people's minds if he averaged like nine point eight instead of ten point one? Like just because yeah. it's a round number, it's like hey, we got to give him the MVP because it's round numbers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, people would think differently at 9.9 to 10.1. By the way, Chris Middleton still north of a fantasy point per minute over the past month. So, you know, whatever. Don't care. Listen to Zach Lowe's podcast where he picks his uh, all-stars. Guess who's a no-doubt-about-it lock all-star? Chris Middleton. Guess who is teetering on the edge of making that all-star team? Jimmy Butler. Oh, who could have seen that coming? Denver Nuggets. Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't have the energy for this thing. Uh, Nuggets, pretty big favorites in Cleveland, seven and a half point favorites. Gary Harris made an illustrious return and is now out once again. Will Barton questionable, no PJ Dozier, no Paul Millsap. So this Nuggets team is a little bit weird. Uh, On the Cleveland side, we kind of know what we're doing uh, with everyone here. We have no Larry Nance. We have no Andre Drummond. Uh, We do have a very cheap Chetty Osmond though, but we'll talk about that a little bit. Let's start on the Denver side. Jokic looks fantastic to me. Jamichael Green picking up a ton of ownership again on FanDuel. Only Jokic getting uh, ownership on DraftKings, however. 16% owned for Jokic on DK. No one else north of 3%. I like Michael Porter Jr. a lot more than that ownership. I like Jamal Murray more than that ownership, even at 8K, which seems ridiculous. I also don't really know how Jamal Murray is 8K on DraftKings. I guess maybe we could have a bigger conversation there. I'd even get to Will Barton if he plays. I'm not entirely sure what's going on with the ownership for Denver, but I like them a lot more than uh, it's being shown. Yeah, and so the other thing, too, is remember through the first month of the season, Cleveland was like oddly number one in the league in defensive efficiency, and that is uh, no longer the case or even close to it at that point. They've been a much worse defense over the over the last uh, handful of weeks. So this isn't this isn't nearly the tough, the tough matchup that it looked like it could be at the at the start of the season. I agree with you. My primary play here is uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, particularly on FanDuel. 5,500, that's still too cheap for him. He finally didn't suck last game. It was a game against the Wizards, and he did score almost all his fantasy points in the first half. I think he had like 24 fantasy points in the first half of that game and finished with 28. But 
still, I mean, Michael Porter Jr., he took 11 shots in that game. He made five of them much better than the 0 for 8 he shot the game before. He also could have played a little bit more. He got into foul trouble in that game. That maybe impacted his uh, aggressiveness a little bit. He finished the game with five fouls. Uh, but the primary play here for me is going to be Michael Porter Jr. on FanDuel and then uh, Nicole Jokic on both FanDuel and DraftKings is, is my favorite center option. Yeah, uh, we're on the exact same page with Michael Porter Jr. He is my favorite play on FanDuel. Uh, Jokic a close second, but I'm going to get to Jermichael Green, although minimal if he continues to be 27% owned. A little bit of Murray, a little bit of Barton. Um, but yeah, it's we're going straight back to Michael Porter Jr. again. It, look, if they're going to keep him at 5,500 on FanDuel, I see no reason to get away from him. Especially no, against not Cleveland. at all. And, and it's not like he's even picking up that much ownership at this point in the day. That could change because uh, we've seen him be popular the last few slates, but I also wonder if we're starting to get to a point where people have a little bit of Michael Porter Jr. fatigue. It's like, hey, I keep rostering this guy, and he's either mediocre or he's not good. At what point do I want to jump ship? And then you look at the ownership, and it's like 17% right now for Michael Porter Jr. on FanDuel. That, that's too, way too low of, of ownership considering his price. It, it is sort of wild to me that he's just not picking up even more. I get it. But Cleveland's bad, like really, really bad. 30th ranked offense, 24th ranked defense, and their best defensive player is out today in Larry Nance. So that's kind of crazy. So let's talk a little bit about Cleveland, I guess, unless you want to touch on anything else from Denver. No, I think that that pretty much uh, sums everything up. All right. So on the Cleveland side, I think there are some options here at the very least. Um, Darius Garland picking up about 20% ownership on FanDuel. I was actually surprised to see that 20% on DK too. I thought I was early to the party last week, but apparently the, the ownership is just going to be there. Chetty Osman, 42% owned on FanDuel right now, where he is 4,200 and likely in for big minutes. Kind of chalky on DraftKings too. Colin Sexton getting a little bit of love. What do you want to do with Cleveland? I find it really difficult to avoid Chetty Osman on, on FanDuel. There's only three small forwards I really like on FanDuel right now. Uh, I assume it's going to be the same guys for you. It is Michael Porter, Chesney, Chetty Osman, and the aforementioned uh, Chris Middleton at his 7,300 price tag. Going right back to the well there. Yeah, uh, but course. small forward, I think, is going to be pretty concentrated for me. I'm going to have other guys mixed in at low ownership. Uh, for me, I mean, like I'll have other guys who are going to be in you know, like 5 to 10% alliance or stuff like that. But I think the bulk of my small forward uh, rosters right now, at least what I'm looking at, is going to be those three guys. Uh, so Osmond, I understand that he's going to be really popular, except to me, that's that's good chalk at 4,200. We've seen him play really big games uh, from fantasy points. It's basically every time that he's played over 30 minutes this year. And the price tag is just way too cheap considering what his role is going to be. And a little more expensive on DraftKings, but still the same deal. It's it's too cheap, and I think he makes for a good value at that salary. Yeah, Garland, Sexton, and Osmond stand out most to me. I don't think Chetty should be as separated from someone like Darius Garland as he is. Uh but I think that's just what position and $1,200 will do. Um, I would like to be a little bit lighter than 42% on Chetty on a nine gamer, but he is still one of the best, if not the best value plays on the slate. Uh, I have no interest in Jared Allen. Um, He's not really picking up much ownership. I think he's probably like the 10th best center or something like that today. Or do you have any interest in Allen now that he's the starting center? So he would have been, somebody I want, I would have wanted to get to on Fandle had he still been a power forward because he was power forward eligible until just recently. But now that he's a center and he's at 7,400, now there's only one, only one slot for him. And he's competing with a whole bunch of guys in that price, in that price range. So we've got uh, Jonas Valanciunas a little bit more. Clint Capella is a little bit more. 
uh, Rudy Gobert. So that's kind of all the guys that are winning like a thousand dollars of them. And then, I mean, when you start to talk about spend up options then we talked about Jokic already, he's a really strong play. So it's hard to find space for him on, on FanDuel because he's moved over from power forward to center. And then on DraftKings, I have a little bit more interest in Jared Allen just because it's easier to fit him into lineups. That and he's only 6,800. So on, on DraftKings, he's a much more favorable play than FanDuel. Yeah, I would. I just see a couple other – like Jokic tonight, Vooch potentially against the Warriors without Draymond Green if he ends up being out. Embiid still looks fantastic. We haven't touched on Willie Hernan Gomez being the starting center. I'm not getting to Jared Allen properly priced today and not at a power forward spot any longer. So anything else for Denver Cleveland? Uh, no, uh, that pretty much hits everybody. There's, there's no need to talk about, you know, like bench guys that could play 15 to 20 minutes on this slate Cause we got nine games. No, we're, we're only going to hit on the, the choice nugs today. Uh, favorite play on FanDuel play favorite play on DraftKings. Uh, favorite play on FanDuel is going to be Chetty Osman. Favorite play on DraftKings also Chetty Osman. Favorite play on FanDuel is going to be Michael Porter. Okay, let's have that comment. You prefer Chetty to Porter Jr.? Yeah, considering the uh, the price difference. And also, by the way, this is assuming that Will Barton plays. It would, it would be different if Barton's out. Same sort of story for me. I prefer uh, Porter Jr. slightly ahead of Chetty on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, it's Darius Garland. Whew. Okay, so uh, we can make, make like sort of uh, – we should make like a show cheat sheet when this is done based on the answers that we give collectively as favorite plays on FanDuel and DK. Could that be something that that we track moving forward? I think that'd be good as like a, the strategy show hit list, so to speak. Yeah, we do. We can throw it up on the site as content. Yeah. Live production meeting as we're going. It's just hitting me now. Maybe, (laughs) maybe my lack of sleep is giving me ideas, but I think people would like that. I mean, we make a post with the strat, like with each show, right? I think that exists. Uh, yeah, well, we could also throw it in with the cheat sheet or something, right? Yeah, attach it to the post. Uh, uh, maybe we got a little piece of content that we could throw together. We'll uh, we'll put pen to paper there a little bit. Golden State Warriors, Orlando Magic. Warriors, four and a half point favorites in Orlando. Big piece of news here, though. Draymond Green is questionable, and if he doesn't play, they don't have a center. And they don't, it's not even like, they, they barely have a power forward at that stance. Uh, if Draymond Green is out, like, this just holistically for the site, or for the slate, I don't know what Nikola Vucevic ends up putting up, but Golden State's going to either have to change their entire defensive strategy or Vooch is going to go for 50. Yeah, I mean, they, they, have, they have no James Wiseman right now. They have no uh, Kevon Looney. By the way, if you want to know what it takes for Eric Pascal to get minutes, it's everybody else on the roster has to be out. He finally played 31 minutes yesterday, or not yesterday, the, the last game. He's been chalked so many times this year, and the minutes have just never been there for him. We finally found out. If you rule out everybody, and they have no other choice to play, Steve Kerr goes, I guess I'll play Eric Pascal. (laughs) And that's the situation. Other than that, he will do whatever he can to not get Eric Pascal on the court. If Draymond Green is out, I know that it's gone poorly every other time this year. I don't see any way around other than having to get some exposure to Eric Pascal. He played 32 minutes last game. And oh, he's, he's, he's the chalk play just like Willie Hernan Gomez and Chetty if, he, if Draymond is out. And, and for good reason. And this, this time, I don't see how he fails. I mean, I know he's Eric Pascal. He's found a way to do it before. But like we said, there's, there would be no Draymond Green. Draymond currently questionable, though, just to reiterate that. Uh, James Wiseman's out. Kevon Looney's out. Marquise Chris is out for the season. They just are totally short on big men. They don't exist on the roster if Draymond Green doesn't play. And what else are they going to do? They're going to have like Kent Bazemore guard Nikola Vucevic. They have to throw Pascal out there in that situation. 
If Draymond plays, I have very minimal interest in like anything exciting from the Warriors. You're playing some Steph, you're playing some Ubre, you're playing some Andrew Wiggins because these are just guys that start, they're priced appropriately, and they're going to play 35 minutes. So I don't really like any of them, but they're 10 percenters on a slate like this. I think Wiggins for 6K on DraftKings is the guy that stands out the most if Draymond is playing. His ownership is already at 14%, and I agree with it. If Draymond, so like, I don't think we have a ton to talk about if Draymond is in. Do you like anything from the Warriors a lot if Draymond plays? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No. And like Steph Curry would be the most interesting play, but still there's other guys that I'd rather pay up for on the slate that. And Steph Curry is, you know, pretty expensive now. He's not somebody who was before we were able to roster him like 93, 9,400. He's, he's gotten to be one of the more expensive players, and there's other guys I'd rather pay up for him. We've already talked about Jokic. I like Giannis more as a pay-up option than him. So there's there's going to be other player, plays that I want to get to before paying up for Steph Curry. So if Draymond's in, I don't really think there's much to see here. So if Draymond is out, we're, we're in agreement. It's just Eric Paschal becomes a, a cash game lock across both sites. Who else benefits? Is it Kent Bazemore again? Juan Toscano-Anderson? Kelly Oubre, maybe I don't know. Uh, what do you What do you want to do if these guys, if uh, Draymond ends up out? Yeah, so Kent Bazemore would be the other guy who looks the most interesting. He played thirty eight minutes last game. Yeah. So I mean, thirty eight. I mean, I I don't know that he gets to thirty eight minutes again, but just the potential that he gets to thirty eight. I mean, that would that would have to make him uh, definitely somebody I want to get to, and would also make him one of the stronger value plays on the slate. So even the if he gets benefit- thirty minutes, like that's a he's a monster value play. Yeah, and I mean, 30 seems like almost a lock after playing 38 well, minutes did last he, game. So that, that game did go to overtime, so I'm assuming yeah. he closed and played 33 uh, in regulation. But even he, still, like that's that would be the goal then, and 30 minutes at 3,900 or 3,600 is a monster value play. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still, you give him, and, and like we said, if he played, uh, it was the 33 minutes in regulation, I'm pretty sure he played all five minutes in overtime. It's still over 30 minutes for Kent Bazemore at his price. He played more than Pascal did last game, that, and I think Bazemore is a better player than Pascal. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that those would be the two primary value plays, uh, Eric Pascal and Kent Bazemore. I would have my eye on Ubre as well. He played 43.6 minutes, so I'm going to assume that's like 38 because of OT uh, I think that just because of he's one of the few guys that are actually like kind of tall slash long I, I think that's where we end up going um we got to move over to Orlando now if Draymond is out do you have any problem having all of the Nikola Vucevic even on a slate with like really good center options I wouldn't be a hundred percent on him but he would sure. definitely be one of my most exposed players on the slate it's just because what we were talking about before too who's guarding him Right, like they're it's going to be Eric Pascal. Sure, Eric Pascal. He's not a good defensive player. And then beyond that, Eric Pascal. They're not going to play Eric Pascal every minute that Vucevic plays. I, I assume not. So I don't even know what they do when Pascal is off the court. For us, if Pascal gets in foul trouble, it's it's such a wonky situation. I don't I don't understand how they match up. So Vucevic would become my favorite center play on the slate. And 
there aren't too many slates where we'll look at um, a team having one of their core players rolled out and we look at how it impacts the other team. There are always times where it makes sense. Like the other night with uh, your favorite player, Jimmy Butler, when we had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both out, that was definitely something that benefited him a lot in that situation. And this would be something similar. Vucevic going up against a Golden State Warriors team with just no big men. Yeah, I don't don't ever really look at a matchup like this. But for Vooch at center, his style of play, his skill set, I don't understand how that doesn't turn into him just scoring at will. I don't know how they guard him other than having to change it up completely, constantly sending doubles, at which point, you know, I, I would like to look at Vooch plus the shooters potentially for Orlando. Um, but, I mean, I like Vooch a little bit, even if Draymond is in. This matchup gets really weird if he is out. But the guy that I like the most, and he's picking up the most ownership, Michael Carter-Williams, 4,500 on FanDuel, 5,100 on DraftKings. He's the starting point guard, and he's 4,500 on FanDuel. He's going to play 30 minutes at close to a fantasy point per minute. It's really just hard to find value like that all that often. Yeah, and so uh, to his minutes, the, the last three games, Michael Carwin's 27 minutes, 30 minutes, 29 minutes. He also had a minutes restriction for a little bit of that because he was coming off of an injury. So, yeah, I agree. We should be getting right around 30 minutes from, uh, from Michael Carter-Williams. The DraftKings price is a little fairer than the FanDuel price, so it becomes less of a priority play there. But it's it's tough to get away from on FanDuel unless we just get the situation where all of a sudden we have Chetty Osmond to roster. We have Eric Pascal, Kent Baseman. There's a million value plays. That would pinch Michael Carter-Williams for me a little bit. But in the initial builds I'm doing, he ends up as my most rostered point and one of my highest owned plays on the slate. Yeah, so I have Michael Carter-Williams in the optimal 33% of the time on FanDuel, 19% on DraftKings. So we see a little bit of the disparity there. After that, like, I'm certainly not going to Terrence Ross at 6,500 or 6K on FanDuel. If he wants to go crazy again, by all means, have at it. Evan Fournier picking up a bit of love on DraftKings. He's the most owned player on DK for Orlando. I don't really see that, but I don't mind the $5,800 price tag. It just feels like a little too high for 17% Fournier. So here's the the biggest issue I have with Fournier is he's not getting big minutes. He's coming back from uh, injury now. He played 31 minutes last game. That was actually the most he played in a while. If you look at the games, even when he was healthy leading up to him getting hurt, he played 26 minutes, 28 minutes, 29 minutes, 29 minutes. So it doesn't look like there's a 34, 35-minute game for Evan Fournier in the cards. And given how much value I expect there's going to be on this slate, I see my lineup setting up more kind of stars and scrubs, and I don't, I don't think I'm going to be getting to somebody who's like kind of okay value in mid-range in Evan Fournier. Yeah, I gave him that 31 minutes again, and I find him to be relatively pedestrian. I, I can't really get a projection much north. And he's like a fantasy point-per-minute guy, so at 31 minutes, I have him around 31 points. It's a pace-up spot against Golden State, so he gets a little bit of a bump, but not enough to be someone I want to get to where the field is right now. I assume that number comes down to... Anything else for this game? No. Uh, so uh, but my favorite play, though, is going to be so so varying on whether Draymond Green it plays or not. So yeah. um, I'll, I'll give I'll give contingency. If Draymond's out, it's going to be Vucevic on both sites, most likely. If Draymond plays, um, then it's just Michael Carter-Williams. There's, he, he would be the only guy I'm really all that interested in. I think that it'll be Michael Carter Williams. Actually, is Pascal? He's a power forward, right? Uh, Eric Pascal is listed at a. Oh, it would help if I spelled his name right. 
I can't find. Uh, no, he's a center on Fanduel and on okay. DraftKings. I think he might be a small forward on DraftKings. Uh, power, no, power forward center now on DraftKings. He was a small forward before. Okay, if Pascal was a power forward on Fanduel, then I think I, he would have become a better value than Michael Carter Williams on Fanduel. He would have been four hundred dollars cheaper, comparable rates probably comparable minutes. So I think you would have just edged him out there. But for now, it's Michael Carter-Williams on FanDuel, Michael Carter-Williams on DraftKings. If Draymond Green happens to be out, I think it's probably still Michael Carter-Williams on FanDuel and then Eric Paschal on DraftKings because 3,800 and non more than center eligibility is going to be a big piece. Yeah, and then actually... Uh, let me just think about one And I will thing. love Vooch, but he's not going to grade out. Like, I'm not going to be able to project him for what I think he might do. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I actually, I think I would, I would like Bazemore a little bit more than Pascal on DraftKings as a value play. Uh, Bazemore at mm. uh, 3,600 on DK with shooting guard small forward eligibility, as opposed to Pascal a little bit more expensive with power forward center eligibility. Uh, but both of them would be really strong value plays. I like that call. We move on. Chicago at Philly. Bulls, nine and a half point dogs in Philadelphia. Uh, for Chicago, it's the sort of normal stuff. No marketing, no Otto Porter Jr. Uh, no real interest in anything here. Um, Garrett Temple is 13% owned on DraftKings. That's the only guy in double digits across FanDuel and DraftKings for the Bulls. Next highest number is going to be 5.7% on Zach Levine. I see most of these starters in like the 7 to 8% range. So I don't really have a hot take. Play an unowned Kobe White, I think that's fine. Play an un, uh, a lowly owned Zach Levine, I think that's fine. But there are no standout options from Chicago on my end. Who do you think starts at point guard for the Bulls today? Sadoransky Sater- started the second half over Kobe White last game. I would be surprised if they take Kobe White out of the starting lineup. Um, so just I, so I'm not entirely uh, sure why they would do that. Uh, so last game, I mean, because they suck and they're trying to they're trying to mix things up. But last game, they started uh, Thad Young, Sadoransky, Denzel Valentine in the second half ahead of Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, and Patrick Williams. What was the score at halftime? I don't remember. I just remember they made the lineup change. Okay, well then let me get to it. <laughs> I didn't know if you um, had it in front of you. I have. Popcorn I don't. But it, it, I, I, I just I think it's it kind of an interesting uh, interesting note. So at the half. They were down by 20. I don't think it's crazy at all to make those sorts of changes. I would be very surprised if Kobe White is not starting. The Bulls have no reason to be playing Thomas Sadoransky more minutes. They have, unless they're trying to showcase him to get rid of him. But the only thing is, is it was a game they were down 20 and ended up winning. And this is a team also, don't forget, we have the play-in game this year. So there's a lot of teams that are just kind of holding on hope to be able to make it through there. If, If they look at that last game, they go, hey, we were getting our asses kicked. We made a starting lineup. And by the way, the Bulls are the nine seed in the East right now. They're 12 and 15. They're not any good. And if they make the playoffs, they're just going to get their asses kicked in the first round anyway. But it's, it's a team that they're, they're definitely not out of it. And I, I think there's a chance that Sadoransky starts just because they ended up winning the game after making that lineup change. Now, is that the reason they won? No, probably not. Except I, I know how a lot of coaches think. And they go, hey, look, we made this change. These were the results. Therefore, I'm going to stick with it. I wouldn't be shocked if Sadoransky starts over Kobe White. 15% chance for the Bulls to make the playoffs per 538. They are projected to finish 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th, only ahead of the Wizards, Pistons, and Cavs. So if I were Chicago, I'd be playing my young guys. Uh, I'm not, so they'll probably start Archie Diacono. Uh, <laughs> 
I think it's a valid question. I'm happy that you brought up the point. I'd be surprised if they take Kobe White out of the starting lineup. Um, anyway, the other point that I was, the other reason I'm bringing up, I don't like anybody on the Bulls right now, number one, because I have no confidence what they're going to do with the rotation. However, if Sadoransky starts, then I would have interest in him. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with you. Sadoransky is. 4,100 on FanDuel, 4,200 on DK. So keep a close eye on that Chicago starting lineup. But ultimately, I'm not trying to get a lot of bulls heading into Philly, even though Zach Levine's skill set fits the Philly defense perfectly. He's already priced where he needs to be. Playing a bunch of Philly, though. Joel Embiid, double digits in ownership. Seth Curry, north of 20% on FanDuel. 12% owned Danny Green. I think all of that looks good. Tobias Harris only at 4% ownership. I'd be happy to get quite a bit more than that. I'll even take some shots at the returning Ben Simmons. He was out with the poops in the last game. No ownership coming in, though, to Philly on DraftKings. Highest owned player on DK. 8.6% owned Joel Embiid. Once again, I think Seth Curry going a bit undervalued here. Are you rostering up Philly against Chicago? Uh, not Tyrese Maxey, uh, but there are there are other guys that I have uh, that I have some interest in. The pay up options mostly. I'm not really that into Tobias Harris. I don't project it all that well, but Ben Simmons I think is a good pay up option. Joel Embiid is a good pay up option. Not guys that I'm looking at in cash games. I think there's other centers I'd prefer to roster. And uh, Ben Simmons uh, more of a GPP play for me. I'm also a little bit concerned with him coming off of an illness. I mean, who knows how that could affect his playing time or his performance. So. Another reason that would just make him a tournament play and not somebody I'd look at in cash games. But for tournaments, for sure, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Seth Curry, uh, more of a fan duel play, though, Seth Curry than DraftKings. But, yeah, those those three guys are players I'm going to get exposure to. Yeah, I, I'm really, really liking Tobias Harris on FanDuel as a contrarian option if he really is 4% owned today. But 10% to Danny Green, to Tobias Harris, to Joel Embiid, 20-plus percent of Seth Curry. I think all of that looks pretty good today on FanDuel. On DraftKings, they're all pretty much the same guys. But this should be a really nice spot for Philly. Uh, the Bulls aren't good. Second biggest favorite on the slate. Yeah, and actually one thing that's kind of nice, there aren't that many widespreads on today's slate. We have yeah. Milwaukee's favorite by 10.5. That's the only double-digit spread. Uh, we've had... I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it because we know that whatever we say on here clearly impacts the outcome of basketball games. But remember, earlier in the season, we were playing like six games late, and five of them would be blowouts. We've gone away from that a little bit, which is cool. We have. We have favorite play in this game: Fanduel and DK. Uh, Joel and beat on both sites. Ooh, okay, that's different for me. Seth Curry on Fanduel. Seth Curry on DraftKings. We're on okay. very different wavelengths there. Yeah, I've I've been I've been on Joel Embiid, although his ownership is up now. But I mean, even like last slate where we had before Ben Simmons was ruled out, when we were talking about the ownership on Nikola Jokic versus Joel Embiid, I was looking. I was like, I don't have these guys projected all that much differently relative to what the ownership was at that time. It was it was like Jokic was projected for like thirty five percent ownership, and Embiid was projected for like five percent ownership. I have I have Jokic projected higher today also, but I I don't have it like drastically higher. I have Jokic two to one for success today over Embiid. So I will likely be a little bit heavier on Jokic. Yeah, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I was just transitioning to plugs and stuff. Oh, yeah. I was going to say I wouldn't have a two to one. I don't run the Sims the same way you do, but I I only have Jokic projected for one more fantasy point right now. That would change if Will Barton is ruled out. But I've been I've been pretty high on on Embiid for a lot of the season. I have Jokic by six fantasy points today. That seems like a very wide gap to me. Yes, it does. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, schedule for today. It's Friday. We got a lot of stuff going on. So at 3 p.m. Eastern time, NHL strategy show, Jake and Cliffy breaking down all the good stuff on the ice. I know nothing about hockey. I barely know that it's happening right now. But if you want to watch a good hockey show, uh, Jake Hari is going to bring that one to you. 4 p.m. NBA tip-off. Kayla, Ben, Greg, you're back. Three-way dance for the tip-off show. 45 minutes, though. We've got a nine-gamer. So the NBA deeper dive, Alex and Adam, they'll be breaking it down. At least I think it's Alex and Adam. I just wrote... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That down because that's what it used to Yeah, it is, Alex and Adam. It usually is on Fridays, but I felt like Lafayette had changed up his schedule. He did last week, and I didn't know if he did it again this week. Anyway, Alex and Adam, so you get the boss man and ship my money for an hour and 15 minutes. Then we're on to live before lock. Spags and Terry for an hour. And then Spags is back again for the Swap and Spit show with Emac at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. And we've got a bit of a giveaway going on. So when you go to awesomeo underscore com and you uh, follow us because you want to get to 30K and try to win a free pass, you could also try to win our giveaway for today. And you could win a free year of awesomeo plus NBA. Just follow the instructions on the tweet. You're trying to predict whether Donovan Mitchell or Fred Van Vliet scores more points tonight. If you get that right, you have the ability to be selected randomly to win a free year of Awesome o Plus NBA. It's an incredible value. Don't miss out on it. So check that uh, check out that giveaway now. Go to our Twitter account at Awesome o underscore com, and then uh, follow Greg and I as well. Six more to go. Let's move on to Atlanta and Boston. Atlanta, not much to worry about here. They are four and a half point dogs in in Boston, but. We kind of know what their rotation is right now, uh, other than the fact that it looks like uh, Brandon Goodwin got dropped for Tony Snell. Not that that matters at all. Uh, same guys have been playing as of late. Trey Young and John Collins, both in double digits. Kevin Herter and Cam Reddish, both in double digits. That's on FanDuel. On DK, it's a guy I haven't even met. It's two guys I haven't mentioned. This is insane. Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Herter, and Cam Reddish are all in double digits in ownership on FanDuel. The only guys in double digits on DK are Clint Capella and Danilo Gallinari. So talk to me about the Hawks because apparently they're popular everywhere in a, in a, in a way. So, and I think they should be less popular. So I think the most comparable player in terms of just uh, price and whatnot, because they couldn't be more different as players, but Trey Young to Ben Simmons. I've Ben Simmons project for more fantasy points than Trey Young yet. They're in the same price range and Trey Young has five times the ownership of Ben Simmons on FanDuel and twice the ownership of him on DraftKings. So if I'm looking to roster one of those two players, I'd lean towards Ben Simmons, considering, number one, I already have him projected for more fantasy points, and then there's also uh, a pretty big gap in ownership there. So 
I don't have interest in Trey Young. I haven't rostered Trey Young heavily in forever. I can't remember the last slate that I was actually on Trey Young. It's been it's been a minute. Um, so I don't really like him today. And then other options, the guy who I'm most interested in is Clint Capella on FanDuel. I think the 8000 price tag is uh, a little bit appealing at least, and it's a good matchup against uh, a Celtics team that doesn't rebound well and is pretty thin on bodies in the front court, uh, but not, not really all that much interest in the Hawks overall. Yeah, I think they're pretty average, but I have been getting to Trey Young a bit as of late because he just keeps showing up in ownership at like 2%, 3%, 4%. And he's becoming a guy that I just try to get like 9 to 10% of. Now he's at 11 already. So I think that he's properly owned, but I was trying to grab a little bit of him when he was just like fully ignored on some of these slates. I really like John Collins at 6,800. I'm hoping that he can at least be a little bit more involved or at least get himself traded somewhere else. Uh, that would be ideal. The Clint Capella ownership on DraftKings at six or at seventy two hundred, I completely understand. I don't need fourteen percent Gallo though at, at forty three hundred. Uh, he's just to me something's not right there. Uh, he has not looked good for Atlanta. Still working his way back. That's not any ownership that I'm trying to follow. Yeah, and even though we've seen the minutes restriction come off him, he's not playing those minutes anyway. Like they said, he's yeah. they said he could play upwards of thirty minutes in the last four games. He's played seventeen minutes, twenty six, twenty six, and twenty five. Which I mean, in in part, has been because he's not playing well, right? Like, what what are you gonna do just because we can play him thirty minutes? It doesn't mean you have to play a guy who's not playing well all all the minutes that he could handle. Anything else on the Hawks? Uh, no, I think they're one of the least interesting teams on the slate. Agreed. We got Kemba back. We've got Tice back. Jalen Brown questionable, but I've got him projected in right now. So I assume you and I are going straight back onto the Kemba train. Yeah, although I mean, also especially if Jalen Brown's, I have no clue what to make of him because I, I didn't even realize that he was hurt at any point during the last game. I know he didn't he didn't play well uh, last time out as a fairly popular play against the Hawks, uh, and maybe that's why he was dealing with the knee injury. Uh, I don't know if he's not one hundred percent. I think Boston maybe more apt to sit him than play him. Um, I mean, the spread's only four game, only four points for this game. That's pretty low, but I would think the Celtics win this game against the Hawks at home more often than not. Um, so we'll see. I think this would be a, a pretty decent spot from the rest Jalen Brown. If that's the case, we could give extra usage to Jason Tatum and extra usage to Kemba Walker. And then I wouldn't really want to roster Semi Ojale, who'd be starting. I know Semi Ojale had that one monster game where he started uh, for, yeah. for Boston, but still for the season, he... I'm going to bring up his full season stats. They're not good. No. Uh, it's just, I think people remember that, that one game and be like, oh, he, he played well there. And he was okay in his last start too. But for the season, he is playing 28 minutes per game and scoring under 20 fan. Oh, that, that's, uh, those are his numbers that start. So for the season, he's playing about 20 minutes per game and averaging 12 fantasy points. That is very, very weak fantasy production. Basically at his, at his current rates, you give him 30 minutes and he doesn't get to 20 fantasy points. Over the past month, he has played 330 minutes, scored 180 FanDuel points for a .55 FanDuel point per minute rate. Just want to put that out there. Even with Jalen Brown in, I like Walker. I like Tatum at 9,400 and 8,800. I'm getting to Kemba on both sites. I'll get to Jalen Brown a little bit on both sites. But if Jalen Brown ends up out, I will like Walker and Tatum quite a bit more. I assume that they both take pretty sizable usage bumps. Um does anything else open up if Jalen Brown is out? Is that, does that become Peyton Pritchard or Aaron Neesmith for you? I don't think so. Just because, I mean, we've seen them willing to start semi-Ojale and play him a bunch of minutes, but it just doesn't matter because he's just, he's just a nothing, 
right? He just yeah. he just goes out there, he runs around the court, does some cardio, and then uh, he has he had one game a season. Apparently, he hits a bunch of shots, and then he's kind of picked up ownership wherever he's whenever he started since then. But he's not a good fantasy producer. Even though that one game went really well, I don't regret not playing him that night. He's uh, he's a bad fantasy player, and that's going to be the result more often than not. Uh, but it, it's really just going to be with with uh, Semi taking a lot of those Jalen Brown minutes. It really helps Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker a ton because we could just assume that a lot of that usage has to go to those guys because Semi doesn't do anything when he's on the court. Favorite play on FanDuel and DraftKings for this game? Uh, on FanDuel, it is Kemba Walker on DraftKings, Jason Tatum, and that's uh, I, I'm that's assuming that Jalen Brown's out right now, also. On FanDuel, it is uh, Kemba Walker. On DraftKings, it is also Kemba Walker. That is assuming Jalen Brown is in right now. Detroit and Memphis. (laughs) Pistons are five-point dogs in Memphis. I think that there are two plays and two plays only for the Pistons. You can maybe kind of get yourself a half one if you like some Mason Plumlee, but... Jeremy Grant and DeLon Wright are the only guys in double digits in ownership. Uh, I have them around 20% on FanDuel. They're like 15% type plays on DK. That's about where their public ownership is right now. So I like them just around the field. I'd like to have 15 to 20% of both guys. After that, I see them as largely meaningless outside of Mason Plumley is fine. He's been priced up though. So like, I like Mason Plumley. It's crazy to think that three weeks ago, Mason Plumley was 4,400 on FanDuel. Because he had that stretch where he had that stretch where he fouled out four games in a row. He couldn't stay on the court. It was that was one of the weirder things that happened this season that nobody cares about because it's the Pistons. But yeah. but like Plumlee fouled out every game for two weeks or something like that. Uh, but something else that's of interest here. And when I was uh, just running my dummy lineups earlier today, and I w- I couldn't figure out at first why I was getting to such a concentrated pool at small forward. And then I realized one of the main reasons was because Jeremy Grant's a power forward now on on Fanduel. He's been a small forward all season. Yeah. Uh, so one of the other reasons that I really like Michael Porter Jr. and Chetty Osmond and Chris Middleton kind of concentrated group of small forwards I like now is because Jeremy Grant is somebody who I've been targeting at that position a ton lately, and, and he's a power forward now. I have him as the second best power forward today too, so I have some interest, <clears throat> Giannis clearly, at the top there, but I don't want anything else from the Pistons. I'm not trying – Sadiq Bey is already priced up now. I'm not trying to sift through the Svee, Wayne Ellington, Sekou Dumboya, Josh Jackson type slog. Grant, Wright, and nothing else. Yeah, I agree with you. Th- those other guys are like okay small slate plays, uh, but nothing we need to look at on a non-gamer. And uh, I think Memphis is pretty much as ugly, if not uglier. $7,100 on FanDuel. John ja Morant is picking up north of 20% ownership, and I think that that is very reasonable. Uh, he looks like a really nice play and the only good play to me on FanDuel. On DraftKings, I don't think Ja is as good of a play, but he is still functional, getting a little bit of ownership, double digits there as well. I think Joe Val for 7100 on DK is a little bit better than he is on FanDuel, where he's $600 more expensive. But outside of Ja and maybe like a share or two of Joe Val, I don't want Memphis at all. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. just to hit on it, Desmond Bain back, DeAnthony Melton questionable. So uh, something else I like about Morant is I think that his minutes are going a little bit undervalued by the industry right now because yeah. he's played 35 minutes in two of the last four games and the other games just weren't really competitive. So he played 35 minutes in a close game last time against the Thunder. The game before he only played 31 against the Pelicans, but it was also because it was a game where they lost by 31 points. So in competitive games, it looks like Morant's playing right around 35 minutes. And that that's a number that 
to me, I, I like a lot, um, especially in a positive matchup against the Pistons. So Morant, I, I like, I like him. The ownership is kind of there, but I, it looks like I'm going to be a little bit overweight to the field on Morant anyway. I have him in for 34 minutes. He still looks pretty good. Uh, if I gave him that extra minute, really wouldn't change all that much. I'd be right around the field one way or the other, but it's, it's Morant and nothing else as far as I'm concerned. I don't have anything else to add this game. You shouldn't watch it. <laughs> no, definitely shouldn't watch it. Uh, and then, uh, like Jal- Valanciunas in the front court, it, it, it would it, he would be a good play if there weren't a bunch of other good center plays already. That's that's the issue with him. Yep. Favorite play: Fanduel, DraftKings, uh, Morant and Morant. Okay, so it's not Morant for me on either site. It is Jeremy Grant on Fanduel. DeLon Wright is just barely behind him. Morant is third, but they are the only three plays. 22% optimal, 21% optimal, 16% optimal. The next closest one is five. On DraftKings, it's DeLon Wright, 6,100. That price is just too cheap. That is that is reasonable. Uh, I, I, I like Morant more just because of probably, – probably just because I have him for a little bit more minutes than everybody else. Yeah, that's fine. Look, it's it's one of those three guys one way or the other. I don't think that you and I are coming to either any conclusion other than a name – that we named <laughs> uh this is true oklahoma city in milwaukee bucks huge favorites 230 plus total oklahoma city has horford back now sga is back only guy that we're missing now is george hill and uh these guys have slightly higher prices than they had before because they were priced up a little bit due to people missing i think sga looks okay at 8300 he's at 10 ownership he's got eight percent ownership on fanduel or on DraftKings, and then no one else is above five I'll take a little bit of Darius Baisley at 6,100 because of the position. I'm happy to get a few shares of SGA, but I think Oklahoma City looks downright terrible today. Yeah, I mean, it's just the opposite of what we look for in value. This is a team that was running uh, an eight-man rotation for the last three weeks or something like that due to COVID, injuries, all that. They've had guys resting. I also think a lot of that also. They were playing back-to-back situations, and I think there were kind of guys like, hey, we're not playing this guy because we played yesterday, and we don't really care if we win or lose games this season. So I definitely think there was a little bit of – rest wink rest going on where they just didn't want to play guys in consecutive games uh but now we have everybody back and healthy at the same time pretty much and now that just means that we have everybody's more expensive than they were before like al horford was really cheap a few weeks ago and it's not the case anymore and al horford probably goes back to playing you know like 28 minutes or something like that with not the same amount of usage he was getting before so he doesn't look good sga he's been priced up at this point He's the only guy that I'm getting to really at, at all in the builds that I have right now and still not not nearly the priority play that he was for me earlier in the season because the price is up and it's a tough matchup against Milwaukee. I don't have anything else to add for Oklahoma City, so let's transition over to the Milwaukee Bucks where they're going to look pretty similar to yesterday. I'm going to have infinite amounts of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is 42% owned on FanDuel, 30% on DraftKings. I'm going to have large amounts of Chris Middleton, 27% owned on FanDuel, 21% on DraftKings. These two guys look like two of the better plays on the slate. Uh, I'm happy to get to a little bit of your boy, Bryn Forbes, 3,600 on DraftKings. Not a ton of value out there right now. I think that that could open up if we see Draymond out and things like that. But those three guys look fine. A little bit of Brooke Lopez. Only played 20 minutes last night. Had a couple stocks and stuff. I haven't even looked at my jock market from last night. I just realized that, but I can't imagine that went well. Um, Brooke Lopez did return a profit, by the way. Boom. Well, I know <laughs> that Chris Middleton, I'm sure, did not. No, he did not. Anyway. I assume you're right with me. Lots of Middleton, lots of Antetokounmpo. 
Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to scale back their minutes a little bit just because this is uh, a tail end of a back-to-back and the game that the Bucks are favored by double-digit points. So there's a little bit of concern here that if they get up big, do they really need to push Giannis to play the minutes that he's been playing? Because Giannis, for the most part, has played massive minutes this year. Like, And it was something you said yesterday. He's playing more minutes over the last you know month or so of games than he's played at any other point in his career. Is this a game you want to continue to give him that minutes if you're Coach Budenholzer when it's the tail end of a back-to-back? and a game they should be able to win comfortably. So that is uh, a little bit of a concern, but just a concern to the point where I'm not going to get to like all of the honest. Uh, I'll probably be more apt to be in, in line with the field of where he's at. I like Chris Middleton a lot on FanDuel. I like him on DraftKings also, but I like him more on FanDuel at that price point. Like I said, the, the small forward pool, there's three guys I really like. It's Chris Middleton, it's Michael Porter Jr., and it's Shetty Osmond. So I'll be getting to a, a whole bunch of Middleton on FanDuel. He is my favorite play on, uh, on FanDuel. So Middleton, Porter, and Chetty are the three guys that show up the most in my Sims, 27, 26, 22%. And then there is a pretty big drop down to Siakam, Barton, Beasley, Danny Green. So yeah, it gets pretty, pretty gross once you get out of that first three. Not that the first three is all that great. It's not exciting to roster Chetty Osman. Oh, I disagree. He's, he's, been great. he's been great to us this year. I like rostering Chetty Osman from a DFS <laughs> perspective. I'm not happy to like watch that or check out the highlights to see how he has three points, four boards, one assist, and a steal with two turnovers at the 27-minute mark of the game, but neither here nor there. 680 viewers, 120 likes, guys. That ratio is bonkers. You guys got to hit that thumbs up. I feel like I shouldn't even have to ask at this point because of how bad that looks. So you guys know the drill. <laughs> Favorite plays in this game? Uh, this should be easy. Uh, Chris Middleton on FanDuel and Giannis on DraftKings. The answer is for me is Giannis on both, but Middleton is just barely behind. So let's just say that the answer is Giannis and Chris Middleton, and it's not close to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's those two guys. And uh, I'm not going to like Bryn Forbes today as much as I did yesterday just because there's going to be better value plays. On. Like, the real reason I liked Bryn Forbes yesterday was because I had him projected similar to Corey Joseph, and Corey Joseph was picking up all the ownership in the world at the time of lock yesterday. I was like, I kind of like Bryn Forbes for like uh, – portion of the ownership and a similar projection for me but it doesn't matter today because there's going to be a ton of other guys that are worth rostering time to touch on our sponsor no house advantage for a little bit it's a little bit different of a dfs uh, product you're not worried about fantasy points you're worried about prop bets so no house advantage is going to provide you with a bunch of props you're picking whether someone's going to go over or under let's say it's Giannis Antetokounmpo points 31 and a half. You're picking whether it's over or under, and then you're assigning it a confidence interval. So maybe you think that one's worth seven points. Then you pick one for six, one for five, one for four, three, two, one, trying to accumulate the most points by getting your prop bets correctly. They have contests for the NBA, MLB, which is coming up really, really fast. NFL, PGA. Uh, It's a peer-to-peer fantasy contest, and you can join for free today. And you can use the promo code OSMO to get a first match deposit bonus of up to $20. You beat your friends, not the house. You win big with player props today. Go check out No House Advantage to see all of the props. We've got optimal lineups for No House Advantage on the OSMO.com website for free every day. No House Advantage projections for free on the website. We have a ton of... If you want to play at No House Advantage, we have the goods and you don't even have to sign up at awesomeo.com to get them. You should because we're awesome and we have a ton of other stuff. But this is a spot where you can play new format, reduced competition, bonuses, potentially overlay. These are the spots that you should concentrate when you're trying to build a bankroll. And we are providing that information to you at no cost. So go check it out. Go check out No House Advantage. Final thing, free content for today. 
NBA big board. So Alex is basically consolidated ranking of everything that he likes on uh, on tonight's slate that is free nhl player projections free tonight so you can tune into that nhl strategy show with jake and have the awesome projections alongside of you to try to follow along then mma rankings free for this saturday's ufc card three games to go man we got this we got this 1048 we might run a little long but it'll be all right Phoenix Suns at the New Orleans Pelicans. Pels, two and a half point dogs at home, but still a 231 total. Phoenix is just back to normal. Their rotation is pretty set in stone. They don't have any injuries to worry about. Cam Johnson getting a little bit less minutes than I was fully expecting. But uh, when push comes to shove, a little bit more ownership on FanDuel coming in than I thought. 11.5% on Booker, 16.5% on Chris Paul, who I think should be 5% owned, by the way. Biggest bust in the syllabus. Uh, if you haven't read it yet because you haven't because it's not posted uh 10% on Mikel Bridges no one in double digits on DraftKings I actually don't have anyone in the optimal lineup more than 9.7% of the time for Devin Booker so I see Phoenix as a pretty sizable fade just based on their play style the defense for the Pelicans might open that up a little bit maybe it's something I want to dig into but do you like any of the Suns today no, the other thing, too, is, I mean, I feel like we've seen a lot of slates where Chris Paul and Devin Booker have gone over-owned recently. And the reason that I think it is is because we've seen these guys, when they share the court together, they just eat into each other's production, and we've really seen their upside caps. However, there's been games lately where Chris Paul was out and Devin Booker had big games. There was times where Devin Booker was out and Chris Paul had big games. And I think that kind of makes people forget that they've just been so mediocre when they are playing together for a fantasy purpose. And then neither of them are all that cheap right now. Devin Booker's 7,700. That is uh, more expensive than he's been in some recent slates. I mean, before Chris Paul was hurt, we saw Devin Booker at 7,400. Then uh, Chris Paul, who is at 7,800, he was uh, also in the low to mid 7K range the last time we saw Devin Booker out. So I think both these guys are overpriced and overowned. So the Suns, I think, are one of the least interesting teams on the slate. Makes me feel good when everything just like sort of lines up for us. I, I just have very little interest in whatever they're selling here. $7,800 Chris Paul. Like, I don't need to be there if he's 16% owned. Um, I don't think the ceiling is all that high. Not for this style of game. No, and no. definitely not. Definitely not with Devin Booker active. They, we just—I no. mean, we, we've seen them play together for a good amount of games now. It's been—it's been like a third of the season. They just haven't played well together from a fantasy standpoint. From a real life standpoint, the Suns are a good team, but for fantasy, they just don't do much. Now, on the Pelican side, Stephen Adams is doubtful, which means Willie Hernan Gomez is going to get a little bit of love. Uh, only fifteen percent ownership on Fanduel at forty-four hundred. There's just the opportunity cost there is pretty different today with Jokic and Embiid at the top. So it gets a little tricky. DraftKings, though, there's no doubt about this one. Willie Hernan Gomez is the first guy you're putting in your lineup, at least as of right now. 41.5% owned, 3,900. Should be the starting center playing close to 30 minutes or more. Um, any disagreements on the Willie Hernan Gomez thoughts? No, not at all. He's he's one of the best value plays on the slate. And I don't think there's going to be a situation where that changes either because yeah. uh, he's going to have to start. He's going to have to play big minutes. We saw last game he ended up playing uh, 29 minutes, and he's always been a good points from a fantasy producer. Ended up pulling down 17 rebounds. He only shot 5 of 13 from the field, so he scored 33 fantasy points and uh, probably should have been even more than that. So Willie Hernan Gomez right now is uh, definitely one of the strongest plays on DraftKings. Yeah, it, it to me it's a it's a complete no brainer. He is without question the top play on DK. I have him forty one and a half percent to be in the optimal on DraftKings. The next closest guy is Fred Van Vliet at twenty four. 
if Draymond gets ruled out, I think that we see those numbers come a little bit closer because we open up some value. I think it brings Willie Hernan Gomez down just a little bit because you have more guys sub 4K, but he is on a complete island with regards to value today. Yeah, on 100%. drafting specifically. Yeah, 100%. FanDuel, like you said, is different. He's more expensive, and there's opportunity costs because there's a bunch of other centers to like. Uh, I still think Hernan Gomez is worth getting on FanDuel, but DraftKings is just a no-brainer play. FanDuel is just one of the center options. I thought that I might get to more Zion. His rates go up quite a bit with Steven Adams off, which makes a ton of sense to me. Just opens up the floor a little bit more. Uh, Both Adams and Zion kind of occupy the same space. Still only looking like a 13-ish percent guy. Do you want anything else from the New Orleans Pelicans? Zion's only 5% owned on FanDuel right now. Uh, that's a really low number. I you think mean, I think you mean DraftKings. I meant DraftKings, yeah. Uh, Zion's only 5% owned right now on DraftKings, power forward, and center eligibility. The 8,400 price tag on Zion, that's a little bit more than what we've seen from him lately, but he's playing ridiculously well. And it is so bizarre to me that people aren't talking about Zion. When he first made his NBA debut, he was the like the only player people talked about for for a couple months. And it was such a wide range of opinions. People like Zion sucks. He's a bust. He's fat. He can't jump. He's going to get hurt. He's Kendrick Perkins. And, and, and the, and he was just such this lightning rod of controversy where people are constantly arguing about him. And then he's just been absolutely destroying the season. Like the Pelicans are a decent team. They're in the playoff mix. Zion has been one of the best players in the NBA over the last month and nobody's talking about him. And I think this kind of carries over to also why we're seeing his ownership so low on DraftKings. He's one of my favorite plays on DK right now relative to his 5% ownership. Uh, the last handful of games, too, his minutes have been up. The only issue is sometimes he does get into foul trouble or maybe there's a blowout. But, I mean, last uh, last five games, 37 minutes, 37 minutes, 36 minutes, 28 minutes, 34 minutes. The game he played 28 minutes. It was the same as when I talked about John Morant before. That was the game the Pelicans ended up beating the, the Grizzlies by. It was 31 points or something like that. So, other than that, Zion's playing massive minutes. Like you said, rate boost without Steven Adams in there. I think, he, I think he looks really, really good today. So he is the 15th highest fantasy points per minute over the past month in the NBA. That is uh, a pretty high number. Three hundredths of a point behind James Harden, just FYI, everybody. Yeah, and the other thing also that's really encouraging about his uh, fantasy production, it's a big difference this year from last year, he's getting defensive stats now. That was something he didn't do at all last year. He has... Uh, in the last four games, he has at least two steals or two blocks in all of those games. And over the last month, he has more games with multiple steals or blocks than he has with uh, single-digit steals or blocks. So, I mean, Zion, to me, with the defensive stats coming in, the rebound numbers are huge. The efficiency is ridiculous. If he takes a shot, it's yeah. almost certainly going in, which makes sense because he's just running through everybody and dunking on them. So, uh, yeah, give me, give me Zion today. On FanDuel and DraftKings for me, by the way. His true shooting with Adams off the floor is like 74% or something really crazy, which for those that don't know is basically like 1.4 points per shot. Um, The only thing that slows me down here and doesn't make me get a little bit more, he's got a really, really low standard deviation for someone of his skill set, lower than most people do. Um, He's at 0.11 FanDuel points per possession as a standard deviation. That is one of the lower numbers among studs. For example, like Luka's 1.4, Joel Embiid 1.5, Jokic 1.4, Drummond 1.5, Harden 1.35. That little bit of uh, lack of sort of upside is what mutes him a little bit for me. 
But in terms of like getting him in a cash game scenario or even just having him in general, he, I mean, 40 points seems like a no brainer in this spot. I like getting to Zion. I'm a little bit more muted than you are though. So my only pushback to that is that, and I agree, it was something that I, I remember talking about, maybe with you, it might have been with Spags uh, last week about how he scores like the same amount of fantasy points every game. The yeah. difference is his minutes have gone up over the over the sure. last week. So that's really the big difference for me is he's gone from somebody who was playing 31 to 33 minutes per game. So now he's playing 34 to 37 minutes in competitive games. What do you have him in for today? I gave him 35 minutes. Okay, I have him at 34 right now. So we're in the same same sort of ballpark favorite plays in this game. Uh, are we just, do we even have to do this? It's uh, Zion on FanDuel and Hernan Gomez on DraftKings. Okay. It's, it's Hernan Gomez for me on both Zion, very close on FanDuel. Toronto at Minnesota, Toronto coming back after last night's whooping of the bucks. Uh, no Kyle Lowry once again. So I am going to be quite heavy on the chalky Fred Van Vliet north of 30% owned on both sites. And it is completely warranted. I'm going straight back to Norm Powell after last night's performance, both sites. It's only 8% owned on DraftKings, by the way. People are sleeping there in a really aggressive way. Pascal Siakam, only 8% owned on FanDuel. Happy to get north of that number. I think that the Raptors are going pretty, pretty under-owned. I'll take some OG Ananobi. I'll take still a little bit of Chris Boucher. Did you see how many minutes did DeAndre Bembry played yesterday? So I was about to bring that up. I was going to say that Despite the results, you were right on DeAndre Bembry, and I was wrong because he played 37 minutes. He only had a five percent usage rate, which is just—I don't even like—that's ridiculous. I don't even know yeah. how that's possible. He was just—he was—he was on the court and just did nothing. But I can't give him 37 minutes again. But just the chance yeah. that he plays that many minutes, uh, assuming he starts again, yeah, he's—he's he's a really strong play, and uh, I think people might not want to get to him because he was—he was uber chalky. He was like 50 percent on on DraftKings yesterday and just ended up kind of shitting the bed. But the yeah. minutes were so high for him that. That was a play that really should have worked out. We would have had 100% of DeAndre Bembry if we knew that he was going to play 35 minutes yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And it would have been such a disappointing result because it was also a game where, I mean, I'm watching and it's like, has Bembry been on the court this entire time? I was watching while I was eating dinner, waiting for the late show to start. I was like, it's like Bembry's been on the court a lot, but he, you just never saw his name or him doing anything. He was just kind of jogging up and down. I was apoplectic for like two full quarters. I was just like, I know this dude is out there. It's saying it. There's a blue dot next to his name on my phone. I felt like I couldn't even find him. I felt like he was wearing camouflage. Like he he just wasn't out there doing anything of value. Norm Powell just kept scoring in the first half. That was great. I want all of this team though. Van Vliet, Siakam, Powell, I'm going to have pretty heavily on FanDuel. I'm going to sprinkle in Boucher, Ananobi, and DeAndre Bembry. On DraftKings, I think it's even more expansive. Van Vliet, Siakam, Powell, Boucher, and Bembry, I think are all like 10 to 25% plus plays, depending on where their ownership comes in. It's a great matchup against Minnesota. There's not much else you could look for out of Toronto. And I don't even care that it's a back-to-back. Like These guys play tons of minutes one way or the other. Yeah, Bembry's 3,100 on DraftKings and picking up 16% ownership coming off a game where he played 37 minutes yesterday. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I'm not going to give him 37 minutes, but if he starts, I have to assume he plays over 30 minutes. And it's not like in the past, Bembry's been a bad fantasy producer. So yeah. I, I think point, point 0.8 in my model, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, Bembry to me is actually arguably the most under owned player on DraftKings right now. Yeah, it, it looks fantastic. I only gave him 27 minutes because I didn't want everything to break immediately. <laughs> but as we get closer to lock, if, if I rotate that number up a little bit to 30, 31, 32, if we get a little bit of extra news, he's going to come in a, a ton. And I think that he should be. I'd really like to pay close attention. 
news will change this now. I wish we could see it sort of right now. I'd love to see DeAndre Bembry's ownership in more of the high dollar, like pro heavy stuff in comparison to the low dollar stuff. Ben, this strikes me as a spot where he would get even more concentrated ownership in the high dollar, just betting on those minutes. Yeah, and, and by a big difference too. Like I think he's somebody who could be like, I don't know, 16% owned in like $1 tournaments, and then you see him like 30 to 40% owned in the high dollar. It's, it's just so yeah. many minutes yesterday. The only way that changes, in my opinion, is if they mix up the starting lineup, he doesn't start. Uh, and then Norm Powell, he should be starting as well. Yep. Oh, should he? <laughs> and even if he's, maybe we could treat it like he's not. Whoops on that one. I'm glad we corrected that, man, because I ended up having like 40-something percent of Norm Powell. And even though I got creamed yesterday, uh, it would have been really frustrating had I been like, hey, He's out here already. Did he check in in one second? Oh, no, he started the entire time. Yeah, it was uh, 